You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Brandon Cornet. He's a wonderful dancer who went to Juilliard with me. We graduated the same year. He's also a fellow Michigander, which I always appreciate. He worked for years in the city as a freelance dancer after school, working with many different wonderful choreographers. But now he is a member of the Mark Morris Dance Group. As well as an entrepreneur, he has a company he started a few years ago called Dance Device Lab, which you'll hear us talk about, which basically brings fully formed dance intensives into dance studios all over the country. He's always looking for a new way to learn about a different part of the field, a new skill, and I really admire that about him. I hope you enjoy the 152nd episode of The Compass. What do you do to try to keep from going to the dark side as an artist? Uh, it's hard um, to manage, but what I tend to do is I go see more art. I go see more art. I go see, um, even if it's not dance, I'll go see it or I'll go see a dance show or I'll go to like a gallery and see it, you know, something new, or I'll just go to the Whitney or my friend got me like a Guggenheim membership for my, um, birthday, which has been so great. great And I, yeah. And I just, I find when I get, you know, sort of in a rut or uninspired or frustrated that just seeing something to like reinvigorate myself is super helpful. And it's oftentimes not even dance. It's just, or like musical theater, just going to see anything that is visual and that something that someone made is, it just gets me going again, which, you know, some people like to take dance class. Some people like to, you know, make something. And I just like to see something. And more often than not, it's something that I couldn't do or can't do it's yeah you know it's just like it's really the galleries that get me it's just like you know it's like I I can barely draw a stick figure or draw (laughs) or like color in the lines you know and I just like go see like visual art and it's really Mm -hmm. you know contemporary visual art is like really stimulating and it's so when I say the dark side mm -hmm. what comes to mind for you you know the it's a constant struggle um I think being a dancer because you have such a finite amount of time that you can be a dancer so the dark side physically yeah Yeah. and the dark side currently to me is sort of cherishing the amount of time I have left to do this you know 32 it's not like I'm gonna retire next week or anything but it you start to think of it and you you know come in your 30s and things feel different and sort of the idea that you know specifically being a dancer I'm sure for other art forms but it feels it can feel especially to me as I get older a little selfish like you know dancers were so disciplined we show up we take class every day you have to do your PT exercises if you're you know I'm not a choreographer which I think some people are able to get this out in that way but I'm just a dancer for a choreographer so I don't you know sometimes I struggle with what am I doing for like the greater good of the world? Like I know, Uh I know the value and the benefits of art and like, I'm, you know, obviously a huge advocate for it, but there's so much contention and so much disarray in the political conversation and, you know, everything going on in the world and things affect people immediately, you know, politically or, um, you know, civilly people are struggling and I'm just like in a studio, like dancing around and worrying about if I'm, you know, had proper placement, you know, it just can feel really, I, sometimes I just feel like, what am I doing? You know, like it's for, so zoomed in. it's so zoomed in. Yeah. yeah. And the older I get and like the amount of, you know, struggling of like keeping it, keeping my body going and staying healthy and, you know, cherishing the, times you have the shows are you know limited or just trying to like really be in the moment knowing you can't dance forever and then the you know the other aspect of just like there's so much going on and it's like (laughs) some you can you can just feel really like um concentrated on yourself in a way yeah and I think that would be different if I was a maker you know if I was choreographing and I was had a point of view that I wanted to share I think I would 
have that outlet and it wouldn't feel so dire, but yeah. with what I do and what I'm doing now, that's, it's sort of, that's my dark side currently of just like sort of balancing what I'm contributing that feels so small sometimes to like what is happening that is very macro to people and sort of the connection between art and society and yeah, yeah. especially right now when all of that is so overwhelming yeah it's really and I, we're in the thick of it and it's happening and you know I didn't um I didn't grow up in a political house my parents were very you know our vote is what we appreciate and you know we we it's it's their own conversation. You know, it's like mm-hmm. my, they're very different politically and they didn't talk about it and they didn't bring my it up. My parents were always like, you never ask What's anyone that Michigan thing? who you voted for. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's it like must that be. 248 area <laughs> yeah, code. You just, like, you don't, that's a private, yeah, it's a exactly. private thing. And you know, so I didn't, I didn't, it didn't really register to me. And like two things, you know, of a couple of years ago, it was like the, the affordable care act. Like when we graduated, mm-hmm. we were able to stay on our parents' healthcare. And as artists, that is like such a game changer. Like I have been dancing ever since I graduated college in 2009, but I just got healthcare like a year and a half ago. It was my first dance job that I had healthcare. So it's like, I'm so thankful for that time that I was able to stay on it. So I think of that in terms of like, you know, a larger political scale that can like affect artists. And then mm-hmm. on a more personal level, it's, you know, the, you know, legalization of gay marriage and sort of the advocacy that's been going into that where it's like, I didn't really realize it until recently, like how much those decisions can like affect people. And those are just things that are affecting me. And there's so many other things that are out there. And, you know, I just, it's a hard balance of like, you know, what is art right. and how does that affect people especially when it's like most of art is a creative process you know you're there's like one show you know (laughs) you know or there's like you know the output is like very different compared to the process of it you know and sort of just like managing what you're doing really I don't know (laughs) like it's weird and it's hard to know how to get involved in those larger issues or like what Right. Taking that first step to find right. a way to get involved or to take some sort of action. Right. I know I've definitely felt like frozen in that mm-hmm. before. Well, let's start a little bit with where you are now. Yeah. With this full-time healthcare Full- providing totally. job. <laughs> um, well, I'm dancing. I'm a dancer in the Mark Morris Dance Group, uh-huh. which is really lovely. And I feel very fortunate for that, for being, for having a job that I feel very taken care of. It's very rare. Um for dancers to sort of have that amount of stability and that amount of structure. Um, and it's really great. Yeah. We, we do Mark's work. We do Mark's work exclusively and it feels really nice to be, um, you know, I bounced around so much in my freelance life after leaving for college, I would dance for this person or do a quick gig here. And, um, it feels really nice to, I feel very fortunate to have the stability and to be in one spot and to work for someone and sort of, uh, continue on the, the legacy of it. You know, the company has been around, this is the 40th anniversary. So you feel, you know, that's a huge impact that it's had. Yeah. And to sort of, you know, continue it on. And he, Mark really believes in the oral tradition of passing down dances. And Mm -hmm. that's just been really interesting to just, you know, learn something from 30 years ago and it's, you know, we're not learning off the videos. Like people are teaching us and it feels like a community and it feels, um, it feels really enriching. And to have a relationship with one choreographer's work like that. Yeah. Yeah. You learn it, you learn it really, really well. You learn how to speak the language and that is something I haven't had before, you know, to just like really focus on like one thing and sort of be the vessel for that. Um, is really interesting and it's rare in the dance world that that happens. You know, there's only a few companies that, you know, even I would say like Taylor, but he just passed away and Ailey, which has a similar structure, but they do multiple, um, works by different choreographers. So, you know, it's an interesting work environment and it's really, I feel very fortunate to be doing it. How many people, how many dancers in the company? Uh, currently 18, um, so they can hold 10 men and 10 women is sort of the idea, but it fluctuates, you know, 
always here and there and stuff, but it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the, it's one of, yeah, it's one of the bigger companies and it's, you know, it's nice to work with people, you know, the most senior woman has been in the company for 22 years, That's amazing. you know, and then and a man was just hired and uh, came in a month ago. So you have this whole wide range of people that have, you know, completely different backgrounds and experiences and connections to the work. So it's never, you're never not learning or growing or going deeper with it. Can I ask what your audition process was to get a job like that? Yeah. Um, I'm sure that was very different from the freelance gigs too. Totally. I, well, well, not actually the way I got into it was I, um, <clears throat> in 2010, so like right after we graduated, Mark, um, his company was in Brussels for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and they had a larger company that a company of 24 dancers here, we can have a max of 20. So we made some pieces that were for full company works of the size of Brussels. So specifically Lola Agro and the hard nut, he hires in supplemental dancers cause he needs to, he needs more people. So right after school, I auditioned to be a, a sup in Lolegro and I had done, um, a piece by Marx called Gloria, my senior year of college. So I knew I really loved the work. Um, but you know, I went to an audition and I got it and it was great. And, um, I did the Allegro then, and I think five or six times after that, and then a few hard nuts. So I would just keep coming in and doing when they needed extra people uh-huh. up until 2018, I guess it was. And, uh, they, he needed a man and I was there and it's sort of just like a smooth transition of someone who's been around and, you know, got to know you, the company actually does cold call auditions where, you know, 400 people will show up and they learn phrases and there's a whole three day process and they take class and they learn the things and there's cuts, you know? Um, but at my trajectory into the company, I feel was a very sort of freelance model of, Oh, you're around and you know, you're interested. And you know, it was very organic in that way, That's which, so nice. yeah, Those which relationships is pay off totally, which is sort of the freelance life. And that's how, you know, you maintain a freelance, you know, career in the city right. is just making connections and friends. And, um, yeah, so it was a very organic transition, but it was great. It was, I feel the, uh, I feel very fortunate for the timing of it, sort of being an older, older, and <laughs> an older dancer, you know, just who, you know, I'm, I'm able to have the stability that I was seeking as an older person. And I don't know. Well, that's nice too, that they weren't trying to get a 22 year old because then they'll for sure be with the company longer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's totally, it's all super true. And I was sort of struggling this industry who has that. No, my God, no, I was struggling with the end of my time freelancing was just maintaining it. I was just so tired. It's so much legwork. Yeah. It's so much legwork. And I was, I, I was just exhausted trying to plan the next like five months yeah. in my life and keep it going. I've been doing that for so long and I was happy, but like, I was just getting so tired and I was actually thinking about not dancing anymore. I kind of took like eight months off. I was dancing for Larry Kegwin. Mm-hmm. Um, and through my years there, I started doing a lot of different administrative responsibilities. Um, and by the time I was done with him, I was his managing director for his company, which was his you know, oh leadership and administration. And, um, so for a while, when I decided to not dance for him anymore, I was assisting him on projects and I was doing a lot more admin stuff and I really enjoyed it. And there was a moment where I was like, i you know, I had a salary and I was the first time I sort of had just had like consistent money that I, Mm -hmm. you know, was like supplementing it other ways. But I was like, wait a minute, just like knowing that I'm going to make a certain amount of money was like the first time I'd experienced in like eight years. And I was like, this is really nice. Um, so I was thinking about being done and then, you know, this all happened and it's really lovely. And I feel like I'm, I'm so, so lucky and fortunate for that trajectory that I, you know, I'm eternally grateful and, there's so many people that are in their thirties or classmates of mine that are done and they're thinking about being done. And it's not that they can't do it physically or they don't want to. It's just, just, it's a, you know, you grow up and it's, it's hard to be a dancer. You know, it's like, you'll 
the, the money is frustrating and the mm-hmm. commitments are, are few and far between and I get it, you know? Can I ask yeah. when you were in the thick of freelancing, mm-hmm. what sorts of things you were doing to patchwork together the financial side of things or totally what sort of, cause I'm not as familiar as how it works for a dancer as mm-hmm. I am for actors. Like what sorts of resources you were using to get the auditions, to get the jobs, yeah, working yeah. with an agent, like how does that work for you? For a while I had an agent mm-hmm. um, and I was sort of trying to pursue a more musical theater commercial background. Um, for the amount of time I danced for Larry, for the majority of the time I had an agent. So we were very part-time, you know, we'd have like two months on of work and then a show and then a couple months off or, you know, it'd be here and there. Um, so I'd fill that void either by doing commercial work um, doing admin work. I was company managing for Larry and another company. Um, and primarily was teaching. Um, I, I grew up in a competition dance studio. That's right. I remembered this. Yeah. And I was like, am I making that up that it was like in your family? Oh, no, it wasn't my family, but okay. it, was in my, it was in my bones. It was in your bones. <laughs> I mean, my Juilliard edition solo was okay, Bon Jovi's. I made Jovi's. it up in my head that it was like your mom's studio or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. um, Never mind. Yeah, no, but it was, my Juilliard edition was Bon Jovi's It's My Life, the techno remix. So, you know, really, yes. just completely... And then they made you burn the CD. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, what is going on? Um, but yeah, so... So many kids, that's what they do, because that's what they have access to. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, it's all very valid. Mm-hmm. It's all... Um, but I... Yeah, so because I sort of had that um, background, I would go home over the summers and, you know, for like two weeks in August and just like choreograph a ton of competition dances and teach a bunch of classes and just like make a ton of money. I mean, not like a ton of money, but like make enough money that I sort of had like a base that I knew I could live off of knowing that I would do that annually, like summer for dance competition studios or just, and teaching opportunities. It's like, you can't do that during the year. So whenever we had weeks off over the summer, I would just go teach in Jersey and Connecticut. And I would do like a big intensive in Michigan. And I, knew I had sort of just like a a chunk of change that I could subsidize with my artistic life. And Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate to have, you know, the opportunities in Michigan and the sort of like home base and structure to be able to do that. And that, um, sort of spewed my small business that I have now, which is, I saw that. Yeah. It's called talk a little bit. Yeah. 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 It's called dance device lab. Uh And what was happening was I was going home to Michigan, uh, and there was this studio sort of in northern Michigan, very far, far away from where we were. Um, and they didn't have access to a contemporary or modern teacher, like, at all. Like, no one knew how to do any of that or had any experience in that. So someone recommended that I come up and teach a class just to introduce it. So I did, and then that sort of led to this whole trajectory. I would go every summer for a week for four or five years, and by the fourth or fifth year, the, the dancers that were like, you know, eight years old were then in like middle school and high school. And you Mm -hmm. could just see the difference in them, you know, having like a creative thinking, like modern dance, like style introduced to them so young and sort of like, I was able to add on to it. Like we somehow just like made our own little summer intensive. That was not the intention of any of this, <laughs> but it, it really snowballed into something and I could see the progress and it was really neat and inspiring. So that led, that led me to create dance device lab, which a was a financial decision to, you know, have more teaching opportunities, but also to sort of codify what I was doing accidentally was introducing you know, the ideas of composition and creative dance and modern dance and contemporary thinking and European style like dance to studios that don't have access to that. And that's okay. But, you know, I didn't have that growing up and the fork in my road was going to Juilliard and I'm like in a very legit modern dance company. And I (laughs) like didn't take a modern class until my freshman year, you know? And wow. I think if I had been, not that my path wouldn't have led me there, but if I had been introduced to that, I would have known it existed and I just didn't even know. So 
the idea behind Dance Device Lab is to sort of just like plant the seed and introduce these ideas and this whole other side of dance that you know people don't have access to. Dancers, young dancers don't have access to. I think it's different now because the younger generation is much more connected. But dance is so physical. You know, they could watch a YouTube video of you know NDT or you know Yuri Killian or Ohad and Mm -hmm. be inspired, but. Not that I'm an expert in that, but just sort of introduce those philosophies and get it in their body, you know, can spark a, you know, interest. So you guys kind of take these intensives and like have everything prepared for them and they can just hire you to bring bring it to them. Yeah. And I saw when I, on my internet sleuthing on you. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, that you're employing a lot of like friends from Juilliard Mm -hmm. and stuff, which is amazing too, that you're helping other artists Mm -hmm. have some side income in the meantime. That's awesome. Yeah. And I don't know how this is in the theater world of how theater companies get started, but in the dance world, most dance companies are just a choreographer. Someone is interested in making a dance. They just get their friends together and they put on a show and you know, that's just always the best to work with your friends. Totally. And (laughs) I have zero interest in choreographing. I like have, it just like stresses me out. I I just like ball (laughs) up. I don't want to have a show, but I was always really envious of people that could do that. Or, you know, if I dance for a friend or something, it's like, this is just like the best ever. And it's sort of my way of doing that of like, well, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to put on a show, but like, I want to support and give back and, you know, enrich the community that you know we all grew up together that's and awesome. yeah so it's sort of that's also really exciting and I feel really proud to be able to do that and um and how are these studios finding you <laughs> well <laughs> is it by like word of mouth it or? is yeah you know it's been interesting it's been accumulative yeah. so I you know it's all social media it's all okay. just online um yeah I haven't Actually, just this first year, I worked with a studio that I knew previously before Dance Device Lab. They just reached out to me to create an event. But prior to them, for uh, three years, it's all just been an email or a Facebook message being like, hey, I see your website or I saw your Instagram and I'm interested in hearing more. And and through that, it's like pretty much a 90% rate of every year it becomes an annual you know, it's a cumulative book every year now. Right. So it's like, it, there's just been a steady growth, which has been really interesting. And we've been able to implement the sort of idea of, you know, going beyond what we did last year and sort of growing. And, um, you know, when you have a base, when you've worked with dancers, you, you sort of know their strengths and weaknesses and what you did before. And, you know, we've been able to do that, which has been, you mean of the students, of the students. Yeah. yeah. When we go back to the same studios every year and that has been, you know, that's what I, that's sort of what kicked this off, but I never thought that's what this would be. I thought I'd be like, oh, great, we're going to go teach a weekend here, and it's going to be lovely. But, you know, we've, we have been able to do that, and that's been so special and really yeah. cool to see that growth and progress. It's like, oh, this is working, <laughs> which is, like, really fun. Were there any tools that you used when you were trying to figure out, like, how to start the business part of it that were helpful or, like, yeah. resources? Yeah, well... Honestly, my, my, make it legit. Yeah. Well, my (laughs) administrative experience through Larry was, and still is like, you know, that was a game changer. I, he, he started choreographing because his, the person he was dancing for at the time had a joy season and was like, Oh, make a solo and you know, I'll put it in the show or whatever. And he did, and it blew up and then he became this like really well-known choreographer. So that ethos was always around the company you know if like someone was interested in doing something him and our executive director andrea uh welshans at the time would be like great cool let's just like teach you or you know um so through that i did wardrobe management i was his creative assistant for many years which was you know emailing and scheduling then i was his company manager then uh managing director which is doing money and finances and budget so like through my time there i just accumulated all these skills it was it's an invaluable experience so through exactly so by the time I started the business I you know I had learned how to do spreadsheets and make a budget and I had company managed and travel and could figure out you know timings of trains and you know just like all the small details that go into it when it's like a one-man show that is that was really really helpful to have um so 
you know, starting it, I sort of had a base, you know, that's nonprofit and running a dance company is different, you know, but there are so many resources that I found when starting a small business. The most important was this uh, organization called SCORE, okay. which is, um, it's a federally um, produced program, SCORE.org. And I would go to these offices down in um, FIDI and they have all these retired lawyers. And there's actually, I met with a woman who is a, she was, she is currently a board member at Juilliard and she volunteers her time. Um, it's, it's a federally funded program that supports small businesses and entrepreneurs starting it out. So I would like, I don't know what I'm doing. I would look at like contracts that, you know, the company had been given or we had been given as dancers or I had received to teach somewhere. And I would, I drafted my own for my own business being like, I think I know how to do this. I don't know. (laughs) And then I met with them multiple times. And one of the things I did was type up my contracts and brought it to someone at score. And you know, it's a free service and they proofread it and crossed it out. And they're like, Oh, you do not need that. Or there's just like, you can just like talk a little more normally in this paragraph. And that I went back I would say like a dozen times with oh like gosh. various things. And that was like legally and, you know, being able to like set up like your S corp and all the things that I didn't know how to do. Um, it was a huge, huge resource, awesome. which I'm like a huge advocate of just like getting it out there and it's free. That's so You get like an hour long private too. lesson and like how to start a business. With was like, it hard to get in or it was like an online you just like sign up on the calendar and they have Hmm. you know you can do a general one but they have you know there's like contract law or marketing and they have all these different like sub-genres i think there's like 70 something lawyers and business you know executives that Hmm. volunteer their time it was that was very invaluable it was really great um how has it been so far balancing the business with the full-time job yeah um Okay. You're you're coming up on another summer, which I assume is your busy time. Totally. Yeah. There's like, um, you know, there are waves of really concentrated time of marketing and then it runs with the school year. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like right now is like you mentioned, like really trying to get people to book for summer and then it'll calm down until it's time to plan the summer stuff. Um, but it's going well, you know, I started it, I started it one of the, you know, main reasons was financial and to provide myself with more teaching opportunities. And then, um, uh, where am I going with this? I, (laughs) (laughs) how are you making it happen at the same time as the full-time gig? When I started it, I was freelancing and part-time. So I had a lot of, I could like manage my dance device lab stuff into my schedule. And now it is, I mean, it's definitely a little more challenging, but now that I have like all the kinks worked out. I sort of have my systems in place so that that sort of eight months that I wasn't dancing is when I really developed all this. And I'm thankful for that time because I would probably still be learning a little bit more on my feet. And, you know, I think there are many opportunities for growth and I think it could be something larger, but it is, it's really hard to have the time, you know, I do as much as I can, but it's really hard to like, you know, like we mentioned it, we're just an online, you know, our advertising is just online and Facebook groups. There's all these conferences and things that, you know, we could do and be more involved in to like grow the business. But I think for right now, it's the size that it is manageable and can be. And I still get to be a really big part of it. You know, I feel like if it ever gets larger then it, I don't, I don't know what it would be, you know? Right. Um, so it's nice to sort of just keep the ethos of the community and the teachers and, you know, it's like small and the mission is really clear and, but you know, there, I do admin hours like Saturday morning <laughs> is like, you know, I wake up. I was going to say, cause it's, it's hard to, especially as we get older mm-hmm. <laughs> and because your job is physical, like, yeah, you know, we're not going to stay up all night. No, even though, totally. even though we have all these different hustles, totally. It's well, like you have to make the choice of like, I need sleep mm-hmm. and I need to get this done, but yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. trade off. I can't trade off on my health. You know? Yeah. It does feel really, um, I get really nervous when like, you know, also the beauty of this is now it, it 
can run on its own and I'm not there, you know, it's like a really, you don't have to go to everyone. Totally. And it's like everyone wins in that situation, which is like so great. Um, but like, you know, if there's an event in Chicago and I'm like on tour and this happened, you know, I was like in somewhere and there's a thing going on all weekend. I was just like, did everyone get on the plane? Like, I'm just like, (laughs) I hope this is like, you know, and that's, that goes to the ethos and the community aspect is like, you know, I'm hiring our community and our friends that, you you know, I trust are going to be like, great. But you know, there is a, when you have ownership over something, it's really a different, um, you know, it causes I'm a different sure. stress. You're it's just your like, baby. oh my God. Yes, no, it is. And you know about babies. I do, <laughs> I do know about that. Um, are there any lessons that you've learned in the last couple of years that you're really proud of? I'm proud of. It could be something small or something large. I think a good lesson is that I learned was to really follow your gut follow my gut because and I think that is my gut being like wait you're not done dancing like you're, you're it's just not it like you will be unhappy and you'll be regretful if you do make this decision to you know not pursue anything and I was really scared of that and I it took a long time my boyfriend Kyle can talk to you about it for hours <laughs> it took me like forever to be okay with that I wanted to still dance Really? Like he, yeah. Like he was actually the one that was like, you just need to go do it. Like just do it. Cause I, I just didn't know. And I was having all these like pragmatic, like conflicts with myself about like all the things we, the dark side of that I was talking about and just financial things and, you know, stability. And I just was like contradicting myself like constantly and, you know, with his push, but like from what I was saying and feeling just like trusting my gut of being like, no, you just like have to, this is just like in you and you know, you have a gift and you've been like so fortunate that you can't just not do it. And you'll be really sad if you don't. And I think if I hadn't listened to that gut feeling, it would be, I would, it would, I would not be well. And that's not to say like dance is my life or, you know, it's like, but but you for know. now, that's yeah, the right for choice. now. Yeah. And yeah. that, and I, um, I think I'm fairly too, sometimes too pragmatic. And I think I just, am like, you know, I am a little too organized in type a and I, I, you yeah. know, can manage all those things, you know, but I, um, my like creative artist being, you know, <laughs> I is, you know, that's not really my mode per se, but you know, I needed, I need that. And I, and I need to be doing that. And, um, when I let myself feel that I was like, Oh wait, just trust. It just, the answer is there. And that's in a lot of things that I struggle with, you know, it's just just there that I definitely can make an argument for anything. Like I can talk myself out of anything, which is being practical. Yeah. I'm the first day of Libra. See, I'm the cusp. Yes. Okay. Same. I'm a Libra too. Okay. You're just like, where's I know. the balance? You're just like, oh God. <laughs> this, but I understand their point totally. over here. And I understand. Totally. I'm allowed to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, that's a good one. Thank yeah. you. Do you have any mentors who've been, well, I know you've already talked about Larry quite a bit, but do you have yeah. any artistic mentors who've really um, impact? I mean, he was very influential and supportive. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Risa Steinberg at Juilliard was a huge, huge advocate, um, for me and still is. And she, she was a mentor, not that she like, isn't impactful in my life now, but right. d- during that time of my life, she was so wonderful and, you know, provided so much guidance and she was definitely a huge influence on my you know, dancing and career and confidence and path and journey. And, and now I have these incredible mentors that are also my coworkers, you know, people that have been, you know, in the dance group for decades who have a completely different perspective of the work and dance and sustainability that, you know, I get to dance with, but they're also people that I really look up to and really respect and can continue to learn and grow from as artists and dancers. So that's been really unique and wonderful, you know, cause the, usually the older you get, you become the, you know, the leader in the room and there's still, there's so much more to learn. And mm-hmm. it's really nice having those mentors that are also your peers yeah. where you're, um, 
you're, you're actually sharing something, you know, and that hierarchy is not, is non-existent and, you know, they're constantly learning too, which is great. You know, you're like doing it together, but it's yeah. cool. What sorts of things do you do outside of work to like to take care of yourself physically? I know you were talking that you have PT provided. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I like to do yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I do, I like to roll out at home, but I, you know, since I've started this job, it feels like my time off is actually to rest. Um, when I was freelancing more, I needed to like take class every day and I needed right. to, or if I wasn't taking class, I needed to do yoga or, you know, I needed to stay active cause I wasn't as physical all day. And now, you know, we're there from 10 to six and I, you know, my weekends where before I would be running to take the Saturday ballet class, I find myself doing nothing to sort of just recover, mm -hmm. um, which is something that I really had to learn too because I'm such a like I just have to like keep it going keep it doing it are you but to the point now where you enjoy it yeah totally <laughs> well and Kyle not dancing is really nice too right. because he because we, we were talking before we started recording that oh, your yeah. boyfriend you guys met dancing but right. now, now he no longer dances right, right. okay Yes. To catch you guys a little, yeah, a little <laughs> asterisk there, but he, you know, because so he, you know, he doesn't dance. So, you know, he goes to the gym and, you know, we'll do these things together, but like he, his schedule is completely different. So that office time and is really exhausting. And the, like the weekends and the time that we get to spend together where we were so used to for years, like going on tour together and sharing hotels and, you know, just like we were constantly together. And then when he stopped dancing, that shift and our time and and the priority shifted or the amount of time that's valuable that we get to spend together so you know the weekends are you know we get to like go on dates and do things and, you know it's it's special time which is special time you know which is really <laughs> which is really nice so we like we really try to cherish that which i think is healthy just as healthy as totally. you know making sure you like roll out your calves you know on your like yeah. days off which is something that i really needed to learn of right. like doing not doing is just as important as doing things, right. which is hard for me. Totally. But, um, how does your family take in your decision to be an artist for your career? Is there anyone else in your family who's creatively minded? No. Um, but they, they're really great. They're super supportive. Mm -hmm. I, like I will often joke that I had the worst dance mom in the world. You know, they're the ones that like come in and make sure they're, you know, kids in the front or very early <laughs> doing the, doing the costumes at recital, you know, my mom would just drop me off the door and let me do my thing. And they were very, they were very hands off uh -huh. about it, which is kind of great. Um, especially like a guy in the Midwest and you know, it, it's, it felt isolating at times, not from them, just like being a dancer in the Midwest and for them to just trust that I was doing something that I loved and then for them to allow me to do that, you know, it's really neat. You know, they were like, how, cool. old, how old were you when you started? I was 11. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just like one class a week and it sort of snowballed from there, but you know, they are really, they're really great. You know, they come to our, my shows still, they're very like, um, my sister's moved out. So, you know, they're empty nesting. So I think any performance or, you know, exciting tour is like Excuse, a great, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they've, they've always been really just like, if that makes you happy, go ahead and do it. And I don't think they understand it or, like my life or the work or, um, just the, the reasoning behind it. But I don't, it's sort of influenced my like philosophy of art is like, you don't, have to know anything about it you know it's like you there's you don't there's no code to modern dance there's no code to this thing it's like if you you know and I would I think when I was younger I'd be like what did you feel or what did you see and there's like it was great you know and like and then we'd have like a conversation <laughs> about it but it's like that's really informed my like feelings of art it's like there there is no secret language you just get yeah. what you get out of it and it's and you might not need to dissect it completely totally. and that's not so to you have enjoyed it yeah and that doesn't yes and if you like have to it doesn't mean it's good or bad it's like right. it just exists and it's been created so that's it's fun to you know have them come to my shows now and they they have their own you know 
philosophy about everything. And they're like, oh, we are just at the dance show and it's going to be so fun, you know? Aww. And it's like, it's great. You know, and they still have that sort of like hands-off mentality of like, great, you're doing this. It's like, you're, we're really proud of you, but it's really I don't know great. what it is. How, what, when you first got out of school and mm-hmm. you started teaching here and there, mm-hmm. was that something that just came to you naturally from all all of your many 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 experiences as a student in dance yeah classes or did you find a philosophy along the way or what have you learned in that yeah yeah um when I was growing up in my dance studio they um like offered like apprentice teachers you know you would assist um you know the teachers of dance the dance studio so I started at like 15 16 you know, having experience being in front of a room, um, which, and with that and, um, sort of through my summer experiences, going back to my like home dance studio where they Mm -hmm. allow you to fail and try and they know you're young and, um, they really provided me with an opportunity to figure out how to teach. You know, I would go back and I would like clean some competition dances or I would like have a ballet class or like, Oh, Brandon's in town. Let's just like have him teach a class. So it started really small. Um, and I was very thankful for that time to have some like trial and error with it and sort of just like figure out how to lead a room and how to communicate and how to, how to, you know, inspire and influence and, um, so that was really formative. And then when I graduated, I basically just did what I was doing there and just did it more and more and you just get better and you, you learn what works. I don't, um, I think it's a constant conversation as I'm still trying to figure out my philosophy, you Mm -hmm. know, and like what exactly I'm trying to what is my thing? You know, everyone right. is there like an overarching goal yeah, in the long term or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know I have my I know I have my toolkit of how to communicate some um, objectives, but not being a choreographer is, you know, that is sort of people develop their own like unique voice by creating their own movement for a performance or their own movement vocabulary. And I'm still trying to figure out like what that means is when you're just a teacher, you know, or when you're a dancer. And I, it is a thing that I'm thinking about constantly. It's like, I having danced for so many people, I, you know, whenever I teach it sort of just like a, well, this is like a little bit Mark and this is a little bit that, and that's a little, you know, and all those, I, I truly believe that you are shaped by your experiences as an artist. And not to sound like, I mean, I've had so many and that's wonderful, but I, sometimes with my teaching, I'm like, well, what is my thing? And that is a very valid question that I am really now through having this conversation with you really articulating is that it's, I don't know what that is and that's fine. You know, class is, you know, really enjoyable and wonderful, but I can't, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know yet. And that's, yeah, it's weird. That's also exciting in a way that that's still out there to discover. No, it's totally. (laughs) And along the way, like you still have, the students are still getting your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not articulated yet. Yeah. But they're still getting the experience of having a class from you. Definitely. But there is like a thing of, you know, when you go, when you like take a choreographer's class, there's such a stamp of like, well, this is that, you know, so it's, um, it is interesting, but also teaching a, you know, if I were to teach a professional level open class in the city, it'd be a very different class than I would be teaching at a studio somewhere for, you know, kids. So it's like that having that range is also like super exciting of really trying to figure out like what each class I go into teach needs and how to, prepare for that so it is it's also helpful to have all of those experiences and being able to like pull from all these different ranges and you're so adaptable throw it into like this is what I think you know this class needs at this time you know with this objective which is really it's problem solving that's really neat do you have any other creative outlets hobbies or Oof, no things that you're yeah <laughs> you're like I'm sad yeah no totally yeah I'm like I'm so tired no I have never been um yeah I was never attracted to visual art I was like always so I love to like 
sing in an open studio just like I just saw West Side Story so just like can't stop singing Maria like I'm just like <laughs> I'm like it's just so fun but no I just I dance and that is something that happened really early on like I cried my way through t-ball I like couldn't like make the clay things in art class. I just like dance was the only thing in like life that really resonated mm. with me which was you know it was a snowball effect of you know anything that came came its way which is like no dance is just like building on and it's just like is what the only thing that is interesting That's... to me which is very strange to like have that spark really young and just like know it and stick with it and be it. blessed with the opportunities to really do it. You know, that's right. It's feel very fortunate mm. in that way. Well, we've touched on some of these things, but when you do feel like you're in that dark place, mm. are there any concrete things that you go back to again and again, like music you listen to or books you read or places you go or things like that? And well, I know we did talk about museums and such, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I connect. I really try to connect with my friends and my community and see what they're doing. Like um, Marla mm-hmm. is, you know, Marla she's Phelan. Marla Phelan. I don't remember her episode, episode number, but she, yeah, totally. <laughs> it was in the last year, totally. Or Charlotte Bible, who also mm-hmm. was on. Um, you know, all of these people that are in my community that are making and doing and. Um, going through very similar things. I, you know, I don't, I don't have a mantra. I don't have a song. I don't have like a ritual that brings me to that. And I think my community is what I really can connect to. And like, you know, I need that time and space. I'm, you know, I'm a people person. I like connecting with people and I just talking it out and being continually inspired by, you know, people in their craft is, is enough. And that's, something I really gravitate towards when, you know, something like that happens. Just like, we need to like have dinner. Just like, what is going on with you? Like, tell me about like the amazing things you're doing. And it just like brings, you know, it brings joy back and it, you know, becomes a ritual in its own way. And then the last question is, have you seen anything recently that you want to recommend of any art form? Yeah. I just saw West Side Story (laughs) and it was it was great. There's a lot of controversy and conversation, um, but I really enjoyed it. Okay. It was um, really cool to see uh, such iconic choreography told. Well, it's not iconic because it's not the choreography, but it's like the choreography you know from West Side Story. You know, there's no snapping. There's no none of that Jerome is Robbins stuff. Is it completely stuff. completely or is completely, it like no that? gone? Like it's just a whole new idea right. of it, which is you know, when something, especially like dance driven, it's like, there's always an imitation of the thing. It could be, you know, it's its own brand, you know, the like jumps and the snaps and it's slightly off topic. How do you do that legally? Like, isn't his choreography tied to the Well, they probably, I mean, I'm sure the trust was, I'm sure they they had a lot of like approval to just completely disregard it. Um, but it was so, yeah, (laughs) no, totally. But like, you've seen it, you know, you know, it's like so nice to like have someone completely reinvent that wheel yeah, and that, like that director is very <clears throat> hit or miss for me his his work is either really exciting to me or yeah. it just like completely misses the mark yeah and there are a few parts for me that are a miss but as a production it's just something that we all know so well like you hear hear anything about west side story and you're like oh that you, you right. just have an idea and just completely just like we've never made a new version of it because you just keep recreating the first one because it's all it's so it's so, so fantastic <laughs> no totally and that's the the whole argument about it but it was like mm. so nice to see it just like completely reinvented and not just tweaked a little bit and i i'm plugging i'm but um i saw the marion elliott production of company that's opening okay next month and you i saw it in it. london okay that's what I was um saying. which is the bobby character female is bobby. flipped to be yeah and it is a stroke of genius. Okay. I have never felt so transformed after a musical theater experience. Had you seen that show before? I did in college. Um, when it with, was on Broadway? Yeah. Raul as far as Yeah. I saw that too. Totally. Um, but with a female playing Bobby, you're just like, wait a minute. How has this not been the whole time? And they didn't change a thing. I think they changed like two lines just to make it 
I need to get in there during previews and oh, I can get a God. ticket. It is so great. <laughs> and Patty Lapone singing Ladies Who Lunch, just like sitting in a chair. It's just, it's, it's so great. And I just like, it's amazing. It's just amazing. Like the power of like gender and just putting a female voice in the lead and not changing anything else. It's just like, it's a completely different show and so interesting and so beautiful. And I like, can't wait. I already made tickets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get some. Yeah, okay. highly recommend. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, this was, you. Was so fun. So great hanging. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of the Compass please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thecompasspodcast. Pledges start at as little as $1 a month. Anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have a moment, please rate or review in iTunes. Every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brandon Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.